I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Goddess. I'm Damas Leary. And today we'll be discussing Season 5, Part 1 of the first show in our must-watch category, Breaking Bad. Hey, Damask. Hello, Broderick. How are we doing? I'm fabulous. How are you? I need a different question than how how you doing. That's the same one. How you doing? Okay. Do that every time. What are you going to ask me? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, we'll save it for next How's time. How's your anxiety? <laughs> oh, not great. <laughs> uh, let's not waste any time. Obligatory spoiler warning, as always. On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one, two, three, four, and f- the first eight episodes of season five of Breaking Bad. However, we will not be spoiling anything from the second half of the final season. If you've not yet watched Breaking Bad, we suggest you stop listening to this podcast now and go and watch it. Unless, of course... You, for whatever reason, don't really care about spoilers, in which case, keep listening on, um, but just as long as you're aware that you have been warned. Quick breakdown about Season 5, Part 1 of Breaking Bad. It's eight episodes long, each coming in at around 47 minutes. Uh, So this half season took us six hours and 19 minutes to watch, which is quite luxurious, really. Mm, Felt like a vacation. (laughs) Not quite as heavy as some of the other ones has been. Damas, could you give us a rundown of the story this season, this half season, please? I sure can. So we begin season five with a flash forward. Walt has a new hairstyle as well as a new name and is seemingly on the run. But back to the present, after having eliminated the threat posed by Gus Fring, Walt cleans up the loose ends connecting him to both Fring's operation and his involvement in the poisoning of Jesse's girlfriend's son. Unfortunately, there is one bit of evidence he can't get his hands on, the surveillance footage from the lab. The DEA and our favourite agent Hank now hold that precious bit of evidence. Walt utilises his loyal companion Jesse, as well as the world's most capable enforcer Mike, to hunt down the location of the laptop with the surveillance and wipe the drive completely blank thanks to one big-ass magnet. However, in doing this, they unwittingly unleash a helpful clue to the DEA, which gives them a nice financial trail for all of Gus's men, including Mike. And it's only a matter of time before the money dries up and someone starts talking. Walt, Jesse and Mike need to build up an income in order to make back all the money they lost when Fring's operation went kaboom. And so they start cooking. They use Vamanos Pest Company as their cooking space and set up hidden meth labs in tented houses all over town, right under the nose of Hank and the DEA. Meanwhile, the DEA is seeing a clearer picture of the labyrinth that is Fring's operation, which ultimately brings them to the Madrigal offices, a huge corporation with seemingly unlimited distribution powers for the drug trade. Lydia, a Madrigal executive whose neck is on the line if anyone talks, decides to team up with Walt, Jesse and Mike and their newfound business in order to stay out of the DEA's grasp. She can provide an ocean of methylamine and the men gladly take her up on her offer. 
a train heist is organised to acquire a tankard of the much-needed methylamine, and all goes relatively smoothly, that is, until a boy comes across the scene. Todd, an employer from Vamanos Pest, takes the directive from both Walt and Jesse that nobody know of the theft, very literally, and shoots the boy. Another death is on their hands, and the dynamic of Walt, Jesse and Mike is strained further. While Jesse and Mike are adamant that enough is enough and want out of the business, Walt's eyes are firmly on the prize. He'll take time to reflect on what has happened later, after he's got all the money he could possibly need. Mike tries to force Walt's hand into retirement, but that never goes well, and Walt out-strategizes him and manages to wrangle a deal with the distributor. Mike is given the money he needs to retire, but Jesse is denied that opportunity. Jesse can't abide this, of course, and walks away, leaving Walt to break bad all in his lonesome. Mike's getaway to a carefree life is thwarted when Hank closes in on his lawyer and the payments to Fring's men. The lawyer sings like a canary and the feds are hot on Mike's back. He has to walk away from his beloved granddaughter. He needs help to flee and Walt volunteers his service. He drives to meet Mike with a bag of items every good fugitive needs, passport, money and a gun. The two men had their last confrontation. Mike says that everything that has gone wrong falls at Walt's feet. There's no denying that he is to blame for everything that has upturned their lives because of his ego. In a fit of rage, Walt shoots him and our wonderful Mike dies by the edge of the river. Walt, with no one left to hold him back, organises a mass killing of Gus's men who are incarcerated thanks to the help of Todd's uncle. Finally, it seems that his past association with Fring is just as dead and buried as the bodies in his wake. Lydia proves herself useful again and offers expansion to Walt with access to an international market that will be incredibly lucrative to them both. He takes her up on it and the money rolls in. While Walt may have everything he's ever desired, Skyler pleads with him to stop, saying that they have more money than they could spend in 10 lifetimes. She wants her kids back, her family whole and the life they once had. Finally, Walt is ready to walk away from the life he has built. Could it be an easy getaway for Mr. White? Perhaps. That is until an innocent family dinner leads Hank to find a book sitting atop the White family toilet. It's by Walt Whitman and has an inscription that is familiar to the DEA agent. Suddenly, he remembers a conversation he had with Walter. WW, what does that stand for? Walter White? Hank jests. Walt replies, you got me. And now, it seems Hank finally has found his Heisenberg. Very good. Bum, bum, bum. You didn't do it. Bum, bum, bum. There you go. My apologies. I failed in my duties. You did. You're fired. Okay. Let's get straight into things. Uh, first of all, just a little discussion point I wanted to bring up. I've brought up a couple of times um, the viewership and how that's quite an interesting thing if you track it through yeah. the seasons. I don't know if you've been looking at this recently, but this is the season where the viewership takes a big uptick. Yeah. I remember you mentioned that in yeah earlier episodes. Yeah. yeah. And that's it's interesting to watch just sort of for a show that is so widely considered now to be like a classic, how long it took for it to actually start to pick up um, a viewership. And so it's this season. Um, episode one is somewhere around the 2 million mark and it stays above 2 million. It gets close to 3 million a, t- a couple of times and stays there previously. It never got to 2 million before. It was, what numbers did season four have? Uh, it had about 1.5 to 1.8 right, at okay. its sort of peak sort of thing. It never really got to that 2 million mark. And before that, it was anywhere between, I mean, at its lowest, it was like 0.9 um, during season one or two, I think it was. And then it was sticking around the 1 to 1.5. So yeah, season four was up a little bit. And then this is up again, sticking, staying around that. And then 
if you look ahead, the next season starts with five million viewers. Like the second half of this season is just like bam. Wait, and five million. Five million and ends with ten oh million viewers God. on the end. So there's this really big spike at the end where everyone that must is have caught huge. up. Huge. It I I it's an interesting thing what they've done because it's the big cliffhanger at the end of this, which you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, where I wonder whether word got out about you know this is finally going to happen and a bunch of people caught up and then started watching the show live because it would have been such a big talking point at that stage. Um, so it's just interesting to see how long it took. And we were discussing or theorizing that last season's finale was kind of the way it was because maybe they were struggling a bit for viewership. They had to put some product placement in there and stuff like that. They thought they weren't even sure they were getting a fifth season and then massive spike right at the end. That's probably amazing. why they had I'd, I'd love to have a look at what was going on in the press and blogs and that kind of thing in between season four and season five and then the break between the two parts of season five. Well, there's a hell of a lot of Mm. stuff, I think, between season four and five. Even just trying, as I'm looking at a few different things here, like looking through it, I had questions I wanted answered about the way that things were done or decisions or maybe whether I've forgotten some things from the plot. And there just seems to be a lot. There seems to be a lot of like interviews with Vince Gilligan and like theorizing and talking about the show around season four and between season, uh, sorry, around season five, part one and between it in the second half. So yeah, I think it just taken off. Maybe I have to double check. We should do our research next time. Might be awards things and stuff like that as well. It was gaining traction because of that as well. But anyway. Yeah, of course. Mm. Anyway, just wanted to bring that up. Um, All right. Discussion topics. First of all, we often start talking about new characters. Um, Mm -hmm. Not a whole bunch of new characters that last through the season but there is oh. well there's two really in the end I, there's one main one that I think of and that's Lydia I would say that's the only one I can think of well Todd is the other one that oh, comes to right, mind Todd, and he he's significant enough I think to to well, talk about yeah. maybe he's certainly a catalyst for certain relationships changing yep. sure and like, he doesn't get a lot of time to shine necessarily but no well I think he's more of a device than a character he is he's meant to be like this alt Jesse to a degree who's maybe willing to do things that Jesse isn't but even though he's more compliant with Walt, Walt certainly doesn't seem to be as taken with him as he is with Jesse, which is interesting, I no, guess. I, I think probably because Todd's more of a willing student where I think maybe Walt liked the challenge of like reforming Jesse in sure. his eyes probably. Um, he was also the only one, like, I, think, I can think of one sequence that had Todd by himself and that was the bit that we find out that after he kills the kid, he took his spider that he had on him. That's right. Um, and that was it. And that hasn't turned into anything as far as I can tell. It seemed pretty malicious and psychotic. Sort of like he's kept a trophy from this kitty killed. Oh, hasn't turned I didn't into read it like yet. that at all. What did you, why did you think? He- I read it as he's a kid himself and he like the weight of what he did just absolutely does not hit him at all. Uh, okay. I, for me, if I'm reading the language of it, like one of the Jesse's things is he keeps calling him things like Ricky Hitler and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like he's trying to yeah. suggest that this guy's totally psychotic and you know unhinged and they shouldn't have him anywhere near the business um i may not be able to see that the actor who plays todd in that way because he's in friday night lights and i really he's a, he's awesome in that oh show. okay he's lovable so it's a right. bit hard for me to see him as a cold he killer. looked like rolf from the sound of music to me and we all know what he does so yeah uh, I, I, I was i was very happy to see him be you know compared to a nazi uh, but anyway, he was he was the least interesting character I think to talk about. The the most interesting is Lydia. Um, so she is she works for it's Madrigal is it the name of the sort of yeah the big sort of parent company that oversaw the conglomerate of all those 
businesses and fast food businesses in particular, yeah. but though there are other ones we discover yeah. along the way. And she's almost like the in-between between Gus and Madrigal in the end. She was sort of a facilitator between those um, those businesses and business interests. Um, how did you find her as a character, as an a addition to this season? When she first came on, I'm like, oh, okay, she's just this kind of hysterical woman, mm. um, which in and of itself is boring to me and I've seen it. Drink. I am drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell me. Um which is boring and I've seen it a million times. And then I started to think about just women in this show in general and it started to make me really angry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Talk, talk about that. I don't know where you're well, going. I, just, I just started wondering, I'm like, are there any emotionally stable women in this show? Okay. So emotionally stable women. Okay, because she is... And I'm not saying that like... If they are emotionally stable, that can be justified. But still, are there any like emotionally stable, competent women? Sure. Because she seems competent to some degree. She's certainly intelligent. She is, becomes a very important piece in Walt's empire towards the end of the season. Mm, I think, I mean, she starts off the, s- the season being incompetent though, when she's like panicking and like wanting to kill all those people. And like, that's clearly not the way to go about sure, things. And she's kind of messing things up. She's been put into a sticky position. Yes. Um, Unfortunately, I mean, because she made the decision so she was going to make is the decision that Walt makes at the end. Yeah, but I think when you have like so many more men, you can have like someone who's irrational or making like rash des- decisions, and that's fine if because you have so many other characters to look at. When so many of your women, well, there's you know so few of them, and they are so consistently making really bad decisions that are purely based on their emotions and that's always E. It's sure. just it's boring to me. It's like they just can't write women. This show can't write women and it's becoming increasingly frustrating to watch. Because who are other major women in this show? It's Skylar and Marie. And Marie, yeah. And really that's that's it. That's it. It's a good point. Marie in particular really just has never been well supported by no. the show. She has an episode here or there. And even this season, maybe a scene mm. here or there. Um, she just doesn't get enough to do at all. Meanwhile, Hank gets so much to do and every other guy does. That's true. Uh, I just I just keep wondering, like, you know, what if Fring was a woman? Or what if instead mm. of it was Hank and Marie, it was like, I don't know, Hillary and Frank or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and Hillary was the DEA agent. Or just like one competent woman would be really great. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. With Lydia specifically, w- there is a bit of a comment on sexism in a way with Mike this season. He sort of suggests that he was almost being tricked or fooled or somehow yeah. bamboozled by her being emotional. He goes yeah. to kill her and then ends up she partially convinces him due to her hysteria mm. that not to kill her. Um he's also Definitely weak to children. So the idea that she has a kid, I think, affects that as well. His granddaughter is obviously very important to him. Um, And it's commenting on that. And I was wondering, is it possible she was using some of that, like, hysteria or that she can appear hysterical to get her way? Like, she was using that... Like, was she acting some of that to be manipulative? And was that her... A certain amount of competence in her... I don't know, her abilities there? I'm not really sure. I mean, it's hard to tell because we never know, seen if, it being yeah, anything if you're but a, that. Yeah, if you're a a parent and someone's like she truly believes that she's about to die, I don't know if you would 
be like, oh, I'm going to manipulate this person with this. Wouldn't it just be genuine? Because that is the only way out of it to be like, ah, like just uh, at least, you know, fine, kill me. But like, don't make my body disappear. Like, I don't know if that is manipulation. And would she know about his granddaughter? Surely she doesn't know anything about him. And uh, he's just a cold-hearted killer, right? No, I think she knows enough about him. She seemed to, in that first meeting, she's very aware of him. She's she's going to know where the money's going as well. Like, she's so sort of involved, I think. I don't know if that's true, no. Because Fring would be taking control of the money. She's just doing the, like, she's a distributor. I don't know. And when they meet, she, like has this idea of meeting him and he's like facing the other way and she's like, no, let's do it this way. He's like, well, no, I'm just going to come around. Yeah, like, but she, but she recognises that it's him process. straight away. Like she, she doesn't understand. I'm sure she knows who he is. I'm saying she, I doubt that she would know anything about his personal life at Maybe. all. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if she was, even if it was a Hail Mary play. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. But that was, I mean. But they it, do show that she is um, inclined to hysteria or to exaggerate things like when, um, the DA are in her office and they leave and she calls, I think she calls Mike or someone and she's like, 14 like DEA agents were in here and they were screaming at me when actually it was just That's like true. Hank and like a couple of other ones and they were just politely asking to go to the warehouse. So that was, that was you read that as hysteria and not as her trying to exaggerate it. Because I thought like that either someone was going to call her on that, whether Mike was going to be like, all right, cal- like calm down that like I can clearly see that it's n- not what happened or whatever. Or there was there was some end to that, but whether it was fourteen people screaming at her or three men from the DEA just having a conversation with her, either it, way, Mike it didn't really get much. Yeah, Mike would traction. have just uh, would have been just as concerned either way. That's so true. I think it was just her just embellishing because she was hysterical. Sure, she's the one who goes to this ocean of methylamine as well. Like everything's <laughs> gonna be big. That's right. That's yeah. a good point. Okay. So well, what, what did you think of Lydia? I, I uh, part of the problem was I just didn't think much of her. Mm. It was like she sort of gets introduced and the, she has that quirky scene, I guess, with the one you're talking about, which is like, oh, let's not face each other. And she's obviously a novice at doing like the secret meeting and public thing and whatever. And then uh, I don't know. She, I was kind of hoping that there'd be a turnaround where I found out that she was more competent than she was because she just. I was of, waiting for her to be a secret badass. Yeah, me. that's yep. what I was too, and it never really happened. I liked the idea to some degree when Mike's like, "Oh, she's the one who." So there was the scene where uh, Jesse goes to get the methylamine, and she's in the warehouse, and she points out that it's been GPS um, tracked, mm. and Mike's like, "Oh no, she's doing it because she, she is trying to get us to stop bugging her for, with business, basically." And then that doesn't turn out to be the case. It turns out to be the case that... She was being truthful. She was being truthful. And so she wasn't being manipulative or anything there. Um, So she never really did sort of strong arm or do anything strategic. Um, Every time she did, she someone else beat her to it. She stuffed up. Um, So, yeah, she was uh, just another sort of... Like Todd ended up being less of a character and more of a... Yeah, a, a, a plot point or something yeah. to keep the story rolling. Because I suppose we needed more of those characters because now the Gus is gone, you know, all these sort of things. Mm. We needed Vincent's gone and all these other yeah. people. We need Todd and yeah. we need to I mean, in. I'm fine with people coming in and just being a device. Like, every now and then, like, you need that. That's okay. It's just unfortunate when, um, a, like, I think, and Marie serves that purpose as well. Is more of, She's more of just a device in a lot of ways when so many of those are women and that's the only women we get. And we don't actually get real characters. Um, Skylar is more so a character, and I actually really like Skylar this season. But mm. in general, they've 
females in this show are just a bit shit. I, I got to th- look back at season one and see Marie. I complained that Marie's whole arc was her being a shoplifter and that really not going anywhere, right? And I complained that Hank was a stereotype and, you know, was flat and there was nothing to him. And I got to think that if that's where they started, they must have thought they could take Marie somewhere. Because they certainly re- knew or you, they figured out along the way they could take Hank somewhere and have done so extremely successfully. But Marie, well, I don't know if their intentions were good, but it just never happened. And that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Moving on then. Something I did like about this season. It was a return to me for what the show was doing when it was at its best. And that was keeping Walt and Jesse on their toes. Yeah. Biggest problem with season four, two things went wrong in season four. One, there was just tended to be less of those super tense, I've got to get out of this situation moments where you have Jesse and Walt like banging heads together trying to, you know, get their way out of this awkward situation again. And two, you just had less of Jess and Walt together. Jesse and Walt together. Um, and this season fixed that. By getting rid of Gus, you've got those two back together, working together in episode one. They've got a conundrum on their hands they have to solve. And they come up with a plan and they test it and they execute it nearly perfectly with a little bit of a, a flaw in there as these things always never go quite 100% right. But, you know, that's uh, we're back to that again. And there's a bunch of those throughout mm-hmm. the season. I think a really clever thing they did this season because it is great when Walt and Jesse are together and they're like, yeah, having to work things out. Um, whereas in season four, they had like a physical wedge between them to kind of like separate them and break that loyalty. Whereas this season... They had like an emotional wedge, which was Mike, who was kind of what, who was like drawing that loyalty from Jesse that Walt so treasured, which was like a nice, cool new dynamic, which we saw elements of it when it came to like freeing and taking Jesse off and like filling Jesse with pride and all that kind of thing. But to have that, and but to still see Walt and Jesse have the ability to interact and have those like little hijink scenes and that, that kind of thing was a really nice balance this season. Yeah, I completely agree. And one of the things that I said would make... So we were very, very down on the end of last season. That's an understatement, yes. Right, we were really down the end of last season. Um, but one of the things I said is like... like I didn't, I didn't think it was a good way. They had to sort of maybe write themselves out of a storyline they decided, felt like wasn't going anywhere. Maybe they recognised that them being entrenched in the... Gus's business wasn't working, so they had to sort of speed their way out of it and they did it in a clumsy way. But they might have done so, A, because they were trying to wrap up the show in a way that might be satisfying if they didn't get a last season, and B, just because they had better stories to tell. And I think this was better stories to tell. Like, it doesn't make up for that ending at all. Like, I'm still extremely frustrated by it. But if, I mean, if that was what had to happen to get us to where we are, similar to like my feelings on some of the decisions they made in the last season or two of Game of Thrones, then eh, I'm a little... Yeah, it, it softens the blow somewhat. So that's... I'm glad we got to this point this season because yeah, it was I much better. I think I have like an opposite reaction when I'm reflecting on season four mm-hmm. because I enjoyed season three so much and because surprisingly to me, I really liked season five. Mm-hmm. And so... Thinking about those two seasons, like, oh, I would love to rewatch Breaking Bad, but I never want to rewatch season four. And because I know, like, what this show is capable of, to look back on season four and how disappointed I was with it, it kind of makes it worse for me. It, it and I wish, I really wish it didn't, but that, oh, yeah. 
it would be very interesting to rewatch the full thing through. It'll be even more interesting probably once we get to the ending. Mm. Um, and like, I still think there's good stuff in season four. Um, it's just so yeah, you like season ending. four a bit more than I did. Whereas I was flat the whole season, and then the ending came, and I hated it. Is, so. it, is it possible that season four retroactively might be better though? Once you have the knowledge of what comes afterwards, too, might you look back at some of that stuff with Mike and Jesse and Gus, or what Walt was doing at the time, and go, oh, okay, this this is better in context with, with knowing where this goes. Like, it's hard to tell at this stage. Yeah, I mean, it. I hope so. I hope that I can you know, once this is all over and we've finished the entirety of the series that I can look back and be like, oh, you know, it was so good. It was so satisfying ultimately that, and I have maybe a better understanding of who Walt is and his overall arc that I can look back on it and be like, yeah, no, like that, that's okay. There was, you know, it wasn't great. Like the other seasons were great, but it, you know, it's fine. Okay. Let's talk about something that I loved about this season when it got started. And that was the opening scene. So one of the complaints I had about season four and the way it ended, one of my many complaints, was that it didn't leave us in a situation with a cliffhanger. And like, you know, do we need a cliffhanger? Maybe maybe we do, maybe we don't. But I had no anticipation. I had like, he says, I won. I was kind of left not really with any questions. Um, They did a clever thing by having them realize that there was videotape of them and that they need to fix that. And it's like, oh... That's cool. There, there were stakes that I wasn't aware of that were left over. But the best thing they did is they open up, and I said, wondered in season one whether this is a good thing to use or not, but they start well, with yeah, a I flash forward. Well, yeah, I remember you uh, paraphrasing the Story Wonk podcast That's right. in saying that it was lazy. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I, it wasn't necessarily saying that it was. I just thought it was an interesting discussion yeah. point, like yeah. that some people consider that lazy. But I... Th- so this season starts with a flash forward of over a year at, from where the point we are in the story at that stage um, to Walt seemingly on the road with a completely different identity and hair on his head, which is unusual. Yeah, and I think that the scene ends with him getting a car from some shady guy and some sort of high-powered that, yeah. gun of some sort. And we're left there. We don't know what's going on next. We know he doesn't intend to leave town, at least with the car. He suggests that much. And that's it. That's the... We don't get a reference back to that at all throughout this season. We never see another frame from that time period. We just know it's we're going there eventually, theoretically. Mm. Um, and that was really good because straight away it made me go, oh, I wonder how we get there when I didn't have an ounce of that when we finished the last season. And you don't need, I don't think you need flashes forward sometimes, but this season needed a flash forward. Yeah, I think so. And I, it was really helpful you know, throughout this season. I would, I would forget about that first scene because I have a terrible memory. <laughs> um, but then it would like, I would remember like, oh, oh, that's right. And it was like a driving force throughout the season for me to keep watching. Not that there wasn't other things going on that I was excited about, but it's like, holy crap, like... Things seem to be, you know, going quite well and moving really quickly and amazingly. How on earth do we get to the stage where Walt has grown his hair out? He's using a different name. He's on the run. He needs a high-powered weapon. What on earth is going to happen? Like, I, I mean, for someone who was really disappointed and pretty uninterested in this show, it was pretty important for, for me to get back into it with that happening in the first instance so it was effective for you as well it got you back in straight away yes definitely yeah yeah and it is one of those things that i didn't think about necessarily a whole lot either but there did become it was really important 
towards the end of this season, particularly because the this season ends with Walt seemingly quitting the business, and we have this fantastic moment you would uh, you mentioned in the, in the summary of just uh, this innocent like barbecue outside mm-hmm. the uh, in the, the old backyard family dinner right, yeah. and you've got. Walt and Skylar and Marie and Hank and Junior and the kid whose name I can't remember the baby girl anyway, and it's there's this gr- there's a shot I loved that just it was this wide sort of shot, and it just it was like the actors were just sort of improving this really. It felt boring. super improv right? Yeah, it felt, yeah. but but because it was trying to be natural, but right? In an organic way. In yeah. an organic way. It was this really natural conversation that was happening, and it just stayed like that. Like it went for like thirty seconds or longer. And didn't move. And it was like establishing this like everything is okay. Yeah. And this is the normal. This yeah. is like they found this peace right now. And like, you know, there's a half a season coming. You know <laughs> that Penny has to drop. But especially, you know, wait a second. A year from now, on his 52nd birthday, Walter's on the run. <laughs> and so, you know, that can't last. And I think that beautiful long shot just does such a good job to give you time to go. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. This, wait. This oh, no. oh, wait. I remember that. Oh, what's going on? Where's this going to go? Where's yep. this going to go? Exactly. I thought it was very, very, very cool and very clever. Yeah. Um, I remember because, yeah, when I was watching those last few scenes and, um, yeah, so the family dinner was happening and then Hank goes up, gets up to use the toilet and he enters the bathroom and I was sitting on the couch next to my girlfriend and she's watched it this series twice over and she loves it right um and yeah hank's in the bathroom and i just squeal I'm like oh my god what's he gonna find like i was so excited to see what was gonna happen next because like i had forgotten about the book oh that you, we, did, you didn't realize it was gonna be no, the book when because we've obviously seen it throughout the season and i remember seeing it but i couldn't remember what it was and right and then he saw it and then he opened it and then i was like oh that's right because yeah it, it hadn't occurred to me so it was really exciting well, it's like, it's funny because you can't know exactly what's going to be in that book because we haven't seen it yeah. before. Um, but you, A, I picked up on them. They kept sort of putting it in shots and they rem- reminding you of the WW bit. And like, they actually just give you a flashback of the exact scene. Um, but yeah, that, that moment is excellent because it I've been waiting so yeah. long for this. It just occurred to me how creepy it is that Walt has this book that a man that he, you know, pretty much had, well, he did, he had murdered on his toilet and he reads it while he's shitting. Like, that's really dark. <laughs> it just occurred to me how creepy that is. Does that surprise you of what though? No, no, no. He's a monster. Do but it know, just really thinking about it, letting that absorb into my brain. Do you yeah. know what's a great, like, comparison of that in this this show? What? Do you remember when... um Hank kills Tuco and he's given his grill in a thing and he can't That's handle right. yeah. he can't handle it being there. Like he, I thought that was a really weird present. But I don't know. I don't know. Cops have weird sense of humor because they have to deal with so much and shit. He's yeah. been super macho at that point. I don't think they were you know, like they were figuring out whether they're gonna take yeah. take Hank at that point as well. But like that's an awesome comparison, like who Hank and who Walt are as people. Because it's it's interesting. I think this show this season did a really good job of showing the frustrations these two people have, where they both just want to be doing what they're good at. Um, Walt, obviously, cooking. And Hank, he takes on this boss job mm. and he still wants to be working on this case because he's good at it. Yeah. And they both Hunting monsters, good... as he says yeah. at one point. Even yeah. though he's like, it wears him down, he's also, you know, he doesn't like the other job either. Um, 
Yeah, I just thought that was a really cool comparison, and you, you can I I just then made that connection about the grill, and like mm. there's just another like you bring that up. There's another great comparison sort of between those two characters. Very cool stuff. Um, what just in general though, yeah, that cliffhanger of like Hank twigging, and like he he doesn't know yet, but he's certainly really suspicious all of a sudden, and he's got he's like. I mean, he, he doesn't have any evidence, but I think he knows. With that flashback, I feel like that's cementing that he knows that he's Heisenberg. I can't wait to see uh, where that goes. Yeah, I mean, it's. I can't imagine people watching it in real time and having to wait a year because I finished that episode and obviously I just had to like press play to the next one to keep watching. I didn't because we have to wait a week. But waiting a week is torture and I yeah. just want to know. So I can't imagine those poor people having to wait a year. I just want to know that, that first... 10 minutes. Like what's the first 10 minutes of the next season look like? What's the, what's the very next scene? It's so exciting. Which is great. Is this the most effective season finale for you? Is it more effective than the end of season three? Um, well, effective... Well, they're effective in different ways. Mm-hmm. The end of season three, it was such a mad rush to the finish. All this stuff was happening in that last two minutes and then they had that emotional punch of Jesse having to do something that he swore that he wouldn't do and was completely against who he is. So that was more effective in an emotional sense, whereas this one is more effective in me wanting to see, like, I just want to, like, watch the next episode and I want to see, what, like, where it goes in that way. So you, you, while there was an emotional gut punch, still curious about what happens next, but it was like the show forced this thing to happen to a character in mm. season three. This was more of like a plot intellectual like... Where it's, yeah, so in season three, I kind of... It was one of those moments where you, something so incredible happens that, you know, an episode finishes and you just have to like sit for 15 minutes in silence and kind of figure it out. That's not what happened with the end of like this half season. This I, is like, more fulfillment, whereas the other one yeah. was more of a because you're like, oh, we're yeah. gonna get that now, which I've yeah. wanted for season so five. Long. Is like manifest destiny. I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which is yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, it was more of an uh, yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. I like that. Well, which one would would you choose? Uh, I think, I think season three is so expertly done. Mm. Just like the, I think I said at the time I was comparing the end of season three to season four and how. It's so clear where everyone's position is and like getting to that point makes so much sense. Like how they get to that moment and Jesse has no choice and he is forced. Yeah. He cannot. It's like they literally try every other option and all those doors are shut. So they have to. Yeah. yeah, And that's so cool. Um, I don't know. I, I think I like three a little bit more for that. I just think it was mm. so expertly done. Mind you, this was expertly done too. Yeah. It's also hard for me to judge because I've, you know, just finished this season, whereas I watched season three like a few weeks ago. So, yeah. yeah. My excitement for that has dissipated a little bit. Okay. Hot take question. I love your hot takes, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brian Cranston has mm. come away from Breaking Bad as sort of like, you know, the actor. Everyone looks at him as like his performance of what White is being unparalleled. Really, he's won awards for it and he he's, he has is since... Is that really what people think? You, I, you don't think his career absolutely skyrocketed Oh, it has, but like unparalleled? I think people talk about Brian Cranston and him as an actor because of this role. Right. 
um, his performance as Walt White a lot, I think. Like, is it the same with like um, the reaction for what's his name? James Gandolfini? Is that his name? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe I wasn't listening at the time when The Sopranos was on to the, the hyper end. Gandolfini. I feel like his performance is so treasured that I think it's kind of similar to the way that Brian Cranston has been embraced. Okay. My question is, is I don't I this is not me putting an opinion out, by the way. This is me putting a question out. I don't want you to read this question as though you understand what I think about this, right? Is <laughs> Brian I know yeah, load it. You don't know me. Yeah, right. <laughs> is Brian Cranston's performance Worthy of all that accolade that I think has followed him since the series, and B, if it's not, if so, why or why not? I guess is I. It, mm. That's a, a lot. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so well, okay. I think when we're talking about a performance in television, mm-hmm. so much of the generally the celebration around that is time specific so if we have one defining show of a period where like nothing really compares to it i think that shines a little bit brighter um do i think brian cranston is a fantastic actor yes i do um i'm not i'm I mean, I don't really know so much about what people were saying about it other than he won a whole bunch of awards because I wasn't watching the show at the time. I didn't really care about it and I haven't read any of the press. So I can't really answer you in that way. Okay. I personally think Brian Cranston did a great job. Um, when I, I, can't, I can't really compare it to what was happening at the time because I don't really remember what was out. Um, I'm trying to think of great lead actor performances in television. I'll, I'll, I'll um, give you... I'll give you okay, I'll, I'll add to this a little bit with okay. the perspective that I'm coming from from yeah, this. Okay. Because I... What I'm trying to base this on is like me knowing Breaking Bad from the outside of someone who didn't watch it. The thing I kept hearing was about Brian Cranston's performance as Walt White. Walt White's an amazing character. Brian Cranston is incredible. And yet, while watching the show, that is definitely true. I keep looking at Aaron Paul's performance and going... Why wasn't I hearing about Aaron Paul at the time? And maybe it was out there too, but uh, it wasn't as loud as the Brian Cranston stuff. Um, and I look at where they're both at now. What's Aaron Paul doing now? He made that Need for Speed movie is the last thing I remember him doing. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. I mean, I think people are always drawn to like looking at and dissecting the performance of a villain. I mean, we look at Heath Ledger's Joker, which was fucking incredible and deserved all the attention it got. But people really love looking into those characters and looking into those deep, dark performances that actors give. Aaron Paul's not doing that. Aaron Paul's playing a normal person. And that's not as much fun to write about or get hyped about. And I think that's probably why. Okay, sure. The And then Brian Cranston, meanwhile, has gone on to do like... He's been in big budget films that have been a bit more successful. There's a film out at the moment with him and Megan Mullally in it. He has been Oscar nominated for films and stuff as well. So his work has sort of carried on since then. Um, the last thing I saw Aaron Paul in that was that I noticed was he was a voice actor in a Final Fantasy animated film. I'm just, I know I'm seeing Brian Cranston a lot more than I'm seeing Aaron Paul. Just doing some research now, it seems like. Yeah, he's doing some stuff, obviously. How could he not be? He was in Exodus. See what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, Need for Speed, Exodus, uh, Bojack Horseman, that's really cool. I haven't watched that yet and I, I mean to. 
um, and Iron the Sky apparently, which I heard was pretty good too. Um, but yeah, he was like a voice actor in this Final Fantasy animated film. So was, mind you, um, a couple of people uh, like Sean Bean and um, Lena Headey and stuff like that. Mm. But they, you know, I don't know. It just didn't seem like... Brian Cranston isn't doing that is all I'm saying. Although, that being said, he is playing Zordon in the new Power Rangers movie. So I feel like I should retract this question because it doesn't <laughs> make a lot of sense anymore. I don't know. I, I just think... I wonder even whether some of the attention he got was just because most people knew him as the dad from Malcolm in the Middle. Mm. And like there was something about that tra- that he could be that and then this and that was yeah. somehow affecting I mean, I'll everyone's... always love him as Hal in Malcolm in the Middle. I have yeah. one particular image where he is in a power skating suit in rollerblades that will forever be burned in my mind. It's really hard to see him as well white after that. Right. Um, but I, I mean, we can't, we don't know what these, choices the actors are making when it comes to roles and that kind of thing that's true we don't know what his yeah, management's have, doing we, we really don't know have no anything. idea so sure. yeah it's that's a hard question to I, answer i think what i'm really trying to say is you want aaron paul to uh, do aaron awesome paul stuff? needs more <laughs> more <laughs> I, I mean, he is to some degree by the sounds of it i think people know he's awesome but he deserves so he's so good in this show there is the bit where he well broad be the change you want to see in the world I'm become trying. a famous director I'm and trying. hire aaron paul and everything you i'm want, trying right? i'm trying to use my podcast to get my <laughs> Opinions on Aaron Paul out there. You're welcome, Aaron Paul. <laughs> he needs me. Yeah, he does. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving on from that. How do you feel about Walt White in season five? We've talked in the past about he's completely unlikable. How do you feel about him as the motivating main character, driving force of the plot and story and the most of the attention this show's getting at this stage? Do you, How do you engage with the character and do you engage with it? Well, so in in season four, it was incredibly frustrating to watch Walter White because he he was powerless and he kept being beaten down and never seemed to gain any kind of sense of humility or anything like that. So watching that was really frustrating. And now in season five, when he has all this power. Um, and he's kind of dictating how the people around him are living and you're seeing that hubris and, you s- and you're able to see Jesse and Mike and Skylar really see who he is and kind of either rebel in their own kind of way or move away from him or just completely shut down. I'm being able, I'm able to see the, the cracks and I can see now that he's built so like he's so high up, I know that a fall is coming. And that's way more engaging for me. Sure. I'm willing to watch this guy kind of beat up those around him because it's very obvious that a big fall is coming. And obviously we know that because the beginning of season five starts off and he's on the run. That's true. So in that regard, it's way more engaging and it's not as frustrating as season four was. So yeah, in that way, I, I, I liked, I mean, I don't like Walter White. But I, I'm going to relish when he falls and I'm looking forward to that. Do you, Are you... Okay. He's going to have some amount of fall. Mm. Are we sure he's completely going to fall? He seems impervious. He has barely taken a hit this entire time. But the way He just that, succeeds yeah. by luck so often. Yeah. No, that that's fair. I think... The hints we see in the way that Jesse is now relating to him, the way that Jesse looks at him. That is so satisfying. Yeah. Makes me 
think that, yeah, his hubris will, there will be a payoff. I, re- I really do believe that in, and because he's, he is making mistakes. Like he shot Mike when he didn't have to well, shoot Mike. And I think. That was so significant. Yeah. We were talking a little bit beforehand. We were talking about how some images and symbolism are showing up towards the end of this season in particular that are reoccurring. They we see a bit where he goes to get like a yearly or a, you know a regular scan on his cancer and he sees the, the punch, yeah, the punch he left in like the paper dispenser. Um and then we see at the start of episode seven, I think it is, the fly. Mm. Um it returns. Yeah, or might be episode eight even, but there's the fly again. Mm. And we we talked so much about fly the episode in season three and what that was about and how it was all about it was a contaminant and he had to contain it and control it and all those sorts of things. Um, and then we were sort of discussing, well, what was the fly? Well, I think the conclusion I came to was that the fly was the mistake he made. Mm-hmm. That up until this point, he's been able to rationalize every decision he made. Everything he'd done was unavoidable. It was the best thing they could do. It had to be done for the sake of the business, for the sake of their lives or whatever. And this one... He shot Mike and then realized he didn't need to. And that, to some degree, was starting to eat away at his soul for the first time. I thought it was really, really interesting. And it, it was like, finally. So, okay. So, my question is, if the fly is mistake, what was the... It's the impurity. It's the, he is contaminated. He is no longer perfect. He, like he's, he tries to make the... What was the fly the, in, the, in, in the episode fly? What was that representing? I mean, that's just... I think that was representing his obsession with get being the best all the time, right. getting it perfect. He's constantly about, he has the best product. He's his classic Coke, remember. Right. He's so proud of what he's making. It's got to be... So, the first one was his obsession with getting rid of impurity and imperfection. Mm-hmm. And then once he's killed Mike, we a fly is there and it's become apparent that like... It's there. It's you can't stop it. It's yeah. always going to be contaminating your surroundings. It, it will always he is, up. He because, is now yeah. contaminated. Yeah. The fly is right. back. Um, I I mean, it was just there for that moment. It's that it's mm-hmm. it's it doesn't follow him around. It's not like it becomes like you, you know a, a thing that's buzzing around the back of his head. It's just for that first yeah. scene in that episode. But I thought that was really effective because it sort of explained where he was at, what he was struggling with, and it was good to see Walt struggling a bit because he hadn't been for a while. It'd been sort of just. Yeah, he'd been in dangerous situations, but he was never in doubtful of what he'd done. He never thought he'd stuffed up until then. Mm. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And then, interestingly, 
he goes on to really succeed. He gets his empire going and then sort of is done. He's made way more money than he'll ever know what to spend. He is doesn't have Jesse around anymore. He's just going through the motions and it's become a job and he's like, meh. I want to go back a little bit. Sure. Because you asked me that question about Walter White. Oh, please do. And I want to know how you feel about Walter White this season. Um. Oh, yeah. Well, the, one of the reasons I brought up is because I think I have a problem with Walter White. Mm. And that is... Oh, we've all got a problem with Walter White. I, I think the, the problem with Walt is that... I think the sh- either the show does or I picked up along the way that some people enjoy Breaking Bad because they want to see what Walt does next. Like, what is this guy capable of? Like, yeah. how far will he go? It was interesting when we were, I was researching the end of season four mm. and people were really discussing about whether or not Walt could have poisoned Brock, basically. And like... Like whether he was capable of doing it? Where, whether A, he did it or if he was even capable of it. Like, when they thought he had done it, they were like, oh, I can't believe he could have done it. Or... Um, that some people were still yeah, adamant that that there was enough proof that he wouldn't do it, right? And we're trying to to use the lack mm. of evidence to suggest that he hasn't done it and he wouldn't do it. Um, and to me, the question of whether he was capable of poisoning Brock went out the window when yeah, he let Jane die. It's like, absurd. He was yeah. so capable of anything at that point. I never for a second thought he wasn't. I mean, I think that's a problem that you and I have had for quite a while. I mean, we've spoken about it in, I, I think, started talking about in season two maybe the fact that there really wasn't any light and dark in Walt and that he he was capable of anything he could do anything and nothing would surprise me as to how low he would go it's sort of like for his own yeah benefit because I was always like at some point Jesse is so can be so harmful to what I'm like why does he even keep Jesse around because I see him and like he obviously has this emotional connection to Jesse and that's it's there, it's said. But I know so often he it, like the he can rationalize it as being worth it for the his sake anyway. Um Yeah, I don't know. He he just he stopped surprising me a long time ago. It what I was left going was what isn't he capable of? Like yeah. that's that's where I'm left going is like what where what won't he do? Um Yeah, it's it's may I I wonder if the people who, you know, were wondering like, you know, did he do it? Is he capable of doing it? Maybe that was a a big thrill for them to see, yeah, what he might do next. But I think because you, neither you or I believe that he has really any limitations as to the depths of how awful he will be, that we don't get that thrill. We don't get excited by that because, of course, he's going to poison a little boy. Of course, he's going to do that. He doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of disturbs me a little bit, though. Well, that was the next question I was going to ask. Is something yeah. we sort of discussed a little bit earlier as well. What is it that... Do you think it's possible that people are watching this show and actually admire Walt? Do I think it's possible? Yes, of course. <laughs> um, I mean, look at the state of the world at the moment. <laughs> I think it's very possible. I genuinely hope that's not the case. I... Th- Oh, to to look at someone like Walt White with any ounce of admiration is just I I just feel like you're morally bankrupt, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't want to overstate it, but he's a monster. And 
like what is there to admire? Just that he takes whatever he, he wants wins. and he doesn't... He wins. It doesn't matter how he wins. He wins. This is Donald Trump. Mm, He's a winner. Doesn't matter how he does it. Doesn't matter. He doesn't need to play the game. Doesn't have to play by the rules. He wins. That's what's admirable. That's not my... That's not me saying that. But I worry that... Uh, that everyone actually, quite broad on that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but I worry that, that some people actually do admire him for those qualities. That he will do anything to win. I, I'm trying to get into the mentality of people who think like that. and. But the good news is that I don't think this show is going to end with us saying, I hope not anyway, that it's good to do that. Like, he ended up winning and then getting bored of winning and go, I kind of just want to go back to... That wasn't the important thing. The winning wasn't the important thing. Somewhere along the line, this turns into like a, it was the memories you make along the way. <laughs> It is. He has that conversation where they're like reminiscing about the RV with it's Jesse. It's not the destination, it's the journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of kind of is. And like he gets enough money that yeah, he's he's set for life and mm. the business has become boring. He's winning, he's got an empire, but it means nothing to him because he's got he's not he's got no love from his wife and he doesn't have Jesse around, so it means nothing to him. So he gives it up. It's going to be it's going to be shit for him when it all goes to hell again. Yeah. But um I thought that was interesting that they you know, moved away from that. And I hope that people who felt that way maybe have their minds changed by the end of the show. We'll I, don't, see. I don't think if you could ever think that, that your mind's going to change. The, the show ends for them. I mean, they're the kind of people the that, of yeah, they're the, the kind of people that will watch Donald Trump impersonate a disabled reporter and like have no qualms about that. Sure. So I doubt that like their moral compass is ever going to head north. You know what I mean? They're fucked is what I'm saying. Do you know what conversation we haven't had yet that we need to have? Mm. Just. The sex talk. When a man loves a woman very, Heteronormative, very heteronormative. When a person <laughs> loves another person of consensual age very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or three people or more. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, that or just one just person. gets more and more complicated, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? There's going to be those books. Are going to get thicker oh. and thicker. Can you imagine? You know those like books where like you've got like the head, the torso and the legs? Yeah. It's going to be like that. <laughs> just switch but them you around. But you just switch them around. Oh, and so every version is yeah. applicable. It's when like a, a different couple and stuff or a, quadruples a, or whatever. When a man yeah. loves a biologically born woman who identifies as a man very much and like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Stuff. I can... That's a... That's <gasps> we a, should make that's that. That's an amazing idea. Money maker. That's copyright. Uh, yeah. Hunting seasons, <laughs> 2017. <laughs> That's official copyright law is if you say it on the podcast, <laughs> it works. Copyright, copyright. Yeah. A conversation we haven't had yet is <laughs> mm. just what did we think of this season overall? We just really haven't said it. I don't think plainly anyway. No. I really, 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 really liked it. Right. So you've gone from really down on this. Like it was your least yeah. favorite season, I didn't I think. hate season four, but I was as pretty much as close as you can get to hate without hate. Yeah. Yeah. And it did and turn I'm, you around. It did. I really liked it. What was it about this season particularly? I think it was a great balance of character. I think there wasn't too much of Walt by himself, Mm -hmm. which was a real problem for me in season four. I liked... Walt was still doing his Walt things, but he was surrounded by people who were seeing what he was doing, was judging what he was doing, and kind of moving away from him um, as a consequence of his actions, which I think was really needed. Like... My personal sense of justice, I need to see that. And hopefully that will continue in the second half of season five. Um, but, I th- but I think that's why I 
really liked season five. And also some just really cool shit happened. What about you? I think I 100% agree. I think it's a really, really great season. I think it is a whole lot of payoff. It is... Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. there were so many scenes it was like, I've been waiting for this scene. I've been waiting for like the moment that Jesse realises that Walt is a bit of a monster and the conversation he has where he's like, I'm out. I'm done. I, you, I can't do this with you anymore because every time you say there will be no more deaths, there's more deaths. And like he finally, it finally clicked and they have that conversation and he walks away. And the conversation with Mike before where Mike's like, this is all your fault. We had a good thing going. And if you'd just done your role the way you're meant to, we would have been fine, but you fucked all of us and it's all your fault. Or yeah, Anna, uh, not Anna Gunn, Skylar. Um, and like, he has built up this point where he's like a wannabe mob boss mm, um, or an actual mob boss, yeah. I guess, by the end of it. And I loved the, I think they're like, Two really good conversations between Walt and Skylar that maybe go fuck yes yeah like when she when he was like trying to reason away what happened with Ted or whatever and she's like I don't want to hear like your bullshit rhetoric about yeah. it I don't want to like my my kids to be in a home where like hurting people or like dealing or like selling drugs or killing people just get like, you shrug it off and you're like oh shit happens like yeah. that's not the environment I want my kids in I was like fucking oath and then when she's talking about like how she like he's you know what's your plan what's your plan and she she doesn't have a plan she has no power anymore and she's like i'm just gonna wait wait for what for the cancer to come back because yeah, i want you to be fucking dead it was amazing and that's what i wanted from skylar to just be like oh I, I see you and i'm just like fuck you and that I don't, was it yeah Oh yeah. god, it was so satisfying. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that is really what it is, and it's satisfying all the way to the end. It's satisfying to know, presumably, that a it's going to go really bad for him because we know the flash forward, mm. and b that Hank knows now, because mm -hmm. boy oh boy, do I want to see that. I so mean, you and much. I really in in the past with the past seasons, we've really enjoyed seeing Hank get on his detective mode, yeah. being inching closer and closer to Walt. Um, so I think uh, the second half is going to be more of that. It's going to be exciting. I'm so, I'm so. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I yeah, I re I think yeah. I'm, I don't know why I didn't ask this before. I really, really liked this season a lot. It just had a lot going for it. And as you said, even just cool moments. The the thing where they're trying to get the information off the lap, the footage of them off the mm. laptop, and they devise the thing with the giant magnet. Um, really clever. Um, and like, and at the same time, was a character moment. Walt couldn't not, you know, go with his impulses and turns it all the way to the end and fucks it. Not completely, they get away, yeah. but like made it unnecessarily complicated. Got to go to the extreme. Had to go time. to the extreme. Yeah. And uh, the the heist of the methylamine mm. was, it's the it's the episode I have the least amount of notes on. Yeah. Um, because the real, the twist comes right at the end and it's a great beat because it's really where Jesse makes and, and Mike make the decision that, they're done mm. after that. Um, it's interesting how they really tie... In, well, there's little hints of this throughout the season of, like, old westerns. Like, there's a mention of, you know, Jesse, Jesse James, James gets mentioned two or three times. Yeah, and then, like, they, they, I mean, they literally have a train heist. Mm. So, I'm, I'm not in exactly sure why they brought that in or they're just, like, a little homage to westerns. Maybe the creators just love them. They but also had Walt literally watch Scarface. Yeah. And like cackle along to it. Mm -hmm. And like I'm it was sure a game, a Mike watches watches like old westerns and like 
um, mob movies and that kind of thing. There was interesting choice in stuff. There was one bit where I watched the Three Stooges. Oh really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a, that. it was like a mob boss like shooting them with oh, a Tommy right. gun and stuff like that. Anyway, um, the but yeah, that that train heist one least amount of notes, but it was just a great showcase episode where it was just cool to see them pull off this great heist, and it was came at a perfect time in the season. Um, and yeah, and then as far as an arc for this season goes, we start with Walt. I win, or I won, and see him like they frame some of these shots of him like can see him like rubbing his hands together basically and like like scrooge mcduck like diving into the coins sort of yeah he's like you can see the malevolence and they frame him in the dark and he's washing the dishes with a smirk (laughs) on his face because he's got mike and mike's gonna help him build his empire again and like being malevolent and then ends with him going i'm done like awesome arc that's a complete and this is i'm really glad that we've split this season up the way it was on television even they keep the whole thing this is only one half of a season apparently it has an awesome arc yeah it it's what in eight episodes, the first six episodes didn't do. It didn't have an arc in that opening season. Anyway, so I'm with you. I thought it was really good. I'm through my notes. Was there oh. anything particularly you wanted to talk about? Um, I do have notes, but just going off the cuff, I was wondering in the scene, which is really a turning point for Walt, where Skylar takes him to the uh, storage thingy. What yep. are they called? Uh, storage shed. Storage, lockers storage locker, yeah. Anyway, she takes him to that. Um, and shows him the pile of money. Was that a compelling enough argument? Was it a big enough moment for his turnaround for you? You know, my only criticism of that is not that I don't think that moment is necessarily big enough. Because it was because he you got to put that in context with the conversation he had with Jesse a little while ago about like what are we in the business of meth or money? He's like in the business of an empire, mm. um, and like it comes up a lot about this idea: when's enough enough? There's more, like, Jesse's more than happy with five million, you know, is plenty. He doesn't need more than that. Yeah. Why do he we says need five to... million isn't nothing? Yeah. Yeah. The, I think that's interesting to talk about numbers like that. He's really talking about legacy and then to see, like, this unmanageable amount of actual cash dollars yeah. is, I think, a, quite a profound thing to see. But the, my only criticism is that I reckon that mo- moment might have been more effective if the Jesse leaving and him building the empire by himself and that montage of him being super successful didn't take place inside three minutes and took yeah. place over the course of maybe an episode or two. Yeah. And then we got to that moment. It's it's not a big deal because it's effective enough and I'm ready for the story to move on, I think. I'm, I, I love where the story's going next. But it does make me kind of wish we got a little bit of time to explore Walt getting bored with or losing his passion for the business. Yeah. Um, the conversation with Jesse where he gives him the blood money, essentially the $5 million, maybe it is, is effective enough that it doesn't matter. But um, that would, yeah, yeah, it was it was enough. It could have been enhanced with a bit more build-up, but it was fine for me. I was happy with it. You? Yeah, it was fine for me. I just, it did happen relatively quickly. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I was satisfied by it. I was just wondering if maybe there was a different perspective out there where people were like, eh, why is there a sudden change? But, yeah, I mean, it worked for me. But, yeah, I was just wondering. I could see why. If people felt it happened too quickly or underwhelmed, yeah. I would not begrudge them of that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, in previous seasons, we've talked about the Skylar and Walt sexual dynamic and how mm. that's all about um, power and changing power. Because, you know, in season one, we see Walt kind of subduing his wife. Um 
through like really forceful sex. And then in the following seasons, we see Skylar shut him down and then she goes off and is in the bed of another man and shuts him down in that way. And in I think they've only ever had sex one other time. There was that time where he left that message when he thought he was like going to die, probably saying I love you. And then they had sex because he was that in the was house. That was like the most like... I like mean, it's always to con- affectionate. Yeah, it's all. I would say it's always consensual, but yeah. yeah, the most affectionate kind of, I guess, healthy yeah. sex. Yeah, and in this season, we don't see them have sex. Not that I recall. I, I don't think, think that's so. What, yeah, almost definitely not. However, we do see them back in their marital bed, mm. um, and it is such a show of power that actually made me really uncomfortable and had a very kind of sexually charged forceful almost like non-consensual vibe in which Skylar she's been completely diminished she has no power in the relationship anymore and Walter is kind of like leaning over her and like touching her arm and there's really nothing she can do about it the camera specifically has close-ups like usually it sticks to this shot it's a very it's a shot that's been used as early as episode one Mm. of Skylar on her side and we're sort of facing her and then he's behind slash on top as you put it and they cut away mm. to show the hand on the shoulder yeah. or on the arm and clutching. It's like they're specifically showing yeah. this power and this force he's using. Yeah, mm. it's made me so uncomfortable in the way that even those really forceful scenes didn't. Yeah. Um, I was wondering how you, how that made you feel. Did it like did it creep you out? It, it did. did. It Again, it was one of those things where I'm not at this point with Walt. Nothing shocks or surprises me necessarily, but I yeah. felt it for Skylar. Yeah, it didn't shock or surprise me, but it made me feel really queasy. Like it made me totally feel sick. It yeah. was it was gross, and yeah. you know, and he at this point is all about like he feels powerful and he feels invulnerable, and yeah. he has forced. A lot of things on yeah. Scott at this point. He forced his way back into the house. He just decided he yeah. would. I mean, at that point when he's rubbing her arm, he's literally dictating her reality. He's saying like, everything's fine. Yep. Our life is great. Like yeah. he's dictating like the world she's living in, which is not, it's not, it's not the truth. Yeah. But he's just telling her what life is. Do you think he actually believes some of what he's saying though? Does he really believe that they're not in danger anymore because he believes he's so invulnerable and like... I do. Yeah. I think he's... He's that delusional. That yeah, yes, totally. I think he totally believes his own bullshit. And so, yeah. while it's not the truth, it he thinks it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, no, those scenes are uh, upsetting and and yeah. hard to watch for sure. And like you said, that while they're not overtly sexual, just because of like you said, the marital mm-hmm. bed, and we've actually seen him sort of like that first episode. It was consensual, I think, but he sort of like. <laughs> I don't think she was intending to have sex with him when it was at the start of that scene. Sex. <laughs> like, Hello. Surprise yeah. sex is a weird word. Doesn't he just like mount her from behind? She's like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. And then um I think she's shocked by it. I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to put a name on it because I'm probably the wrong person to do that. But certainly while it's not as sexual as that moment was, it you remember that scene. Yeah. You remember that scene where he's sort of like Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you remember the scene in the kitchen and stuff like that where he really tried to force... Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the scene in the first season doesn't come off really as rapey because we see them earlier where she's, like, giving him a hand job, True. And he's, like, having a bit of trouble. And, like, you know, in that way, like, his manhood 
is somewhat dissipated. And then, yeah. like, when he's able to take it back, she's really excited by that. And it's so funny to think about that scene now. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> That version of Walt. Yeah. Like, who's that guy? That's okay. pretty incredible. That's why watching it a second time through would be really fun yeah. to see where he begins. That's true. Yeah. Mm. But again, I, I feel like this version of Walt has been around since season two for me in a lot of ways. That's actually perfectly leads into one of my questions was what was Walt always this man only laying dormant or did the events around him create a monster? I mean, the show seems to suggest that it's events as early as, as gray matter. I sort of would have seen him on this path that this is a tragic story that anybody who has lost or has as many regrets as he does about I things mean, are given away. Someone who incess- incessantly checks the net worth of the company that they left. It, what was it? Like every have, day or every, every week? week? Have we ever seen him do that? I would love to think that we have, but I don't oh, think we be, have. I don't think we have. I certainly don't remember it. Ooh. Um, Write I, in if you know, but ooh, I, yeah, I'd love to Yeah, I'm going to check that out as well because it was one of those details. I'm like, oh, that's you know says volumes. Mm. But I've always felt the grading matter thing is really interesting and maybe it's obvious so they don't bother going there. Like I think you can infer what happened there pretty you clearly. You can, but when he was saying it, I was kind of like, God, I kind of wish we'd seen more of this. Yeah, I want to get into the meat of this a little Mm. bit more. I really want to know. I would like his perspective, like Sky's perspective on this. I'd like a lot of people's perspective on exactly what went down. I thought it was really telling the fact that he didn't want to go into the story because of personal reasons, which knowing how manipulative he is tells me that... He was probably at fault. He was probably at fault. Yeah. Um, Or something might have happened between the other two parties and then he acted really irrationally and did some really fucked up shit maybe. Um, So, yeah, I would would love to know what the actual story is there. So, yeah, do I think he was always this person? I don't think he was always this person. I think he was always capable of being this person. I think the show, if we're talking about the whole idea of Breaking Bad, is trying to show that anybody, theoretically, could be this person. Maybe not as good at it as Walt is. Walt is gifted by being fucking brilliant like he he seems to be able to wiggle his way out every they're clean. saying that like anybody can i think go down this road i think they're suggesting that, uh, that i think yeah to some degree like i mean jesse is jesse is the antithesis of it right like he's yeah. he's not be, won't become that person he seems to be able to be he seems to be invulnerable to being what walt is but like if the show is like guy down his luck he's brilliant but he's unappreciated and then he has a bum deal where he's got less than 12 months to live because he's got cancer um and then like he decides fuck it and then gets it from there it builds and like it's i think it's meant to be like he gets forced into a situation where he's got to defend himself and someone dies accidentally essentially or dies in the first episode from the inhalation of the um, fumes from them cooking meth mm. and then like there's one person dead and like okay he was defending himself so but like the idea is it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds right so i think the idea is that y- y- anyone is theoretically capable it's part of the yeah i don't know if it premise. works for me you don't that think that idea that because i i see jesse as the everyman and his reactions are the reactions of every man in those situations Whereas I see Walt White as being this down on his like egomaniac who but was feels he... like everything is owed to him. Yeah. And so when he is 
given an outlet for his talents, then he's allowed to let that be unleashed. I don't like the things that he does. So I don't, I don't see that as being like, oh, he was like, that doesn't seem like the steps that anyone would take. So if he theoretically stayed with Grey Matter and was Mm. successful being just brilliant at chemistry and business and Mm. stuff like that, do you think he would have acted, not obviously in the same ways, not necessarily in criminal ways, but do you think he would have been as manipulative? Do you think he would have flexed those muscles the same way? But I don't think he would have that sense of vengeance that he has now. I, but I that think sense of like angry entitlement of like the world owes me something I, because I he naturally would have had it because he would have like been able to earn it naturally. I guess that's my point. I think that's what the show is suggesting is that if you have so many things work against you where you are not necessarily at completely at fault for your bad situation that you might... That a number of people, if not everyone, might eventually break bad, might eventually go fuck it and like turn that corner. I think is is not maybe maybe not to the degree that Walt does, but to some degree. There are so many criminals in this show who have got so many different reasons for doing what they do. Mike, for instance, you know, he was a cop who do we I'm trying to remember. I think we heard a little bit of the story about what went wrong with him or at yeah. least alluded oh, to. Um, I mean, yeah, he killed that guy who beat up his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Okay. So all these sorts of things. And so he ended up... Oh, no, he didn't kill that guy and then the guy killed, the his killed his girl. His, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. And so all these circumstances, bad decisions that have led down bad roads who have led to these people making, having bad lives or doing bad things. And we see that in him. We see that we don't know about Saul, but I'm looking forward to watching Daddy Call Saul <laughs> and finding out how he got to where he is. Yeah, me too. You know, um, yeah, all those, um, even Gus to a degree, we find out. I think, yeah, the idea of someone being pushed to work outside the law that makes sense and jesse as well that makes sense to me yeah but then his progression into the walter white we see now is just so extreme and so specific to that kind of person okay sure that it's that every man thing it does it stops working for me okay fair enough yeah all right before we get to sort of our last okay no 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 we can do this as part of our prediction so First and foremost, let's talk about favourite and least favourite episodes. What was your favourite episode of the season, Damask? My favourite was episode four, 51. 51. Mm-hmm. So that's the episode where Walt turns 51. He does, yes. Uh, tell me why, why that episode. It is the episode where Walt becomes the most obnoxious asshole. He buys Walt Jr. a car. He buys himself a car. Skylar has reached her limit. Um, She desperately wants to get the kids out of the house. Um, She has a little dinner party. She walks into the pool. It's beautifully shot. I love that scene so much. I fucking love that scene. Her little smile when she's submerged under the water. Oh, it's so good. So good. It's so good. Um, And then she's pulled out of the water. And then we find out that it's a little ruse of hers to get the kids out of the house. And then her and Walt have that conversation that I mentioned earlier about, like, she doesn't want to hear his bullshit rationales and that kind of thing, which is a scene I have wanted from Skylar for so long so that was so satisfying for me so it was beautifully shot I had that scene I'd been craving for so long 
Oh, yeah. No, I loved it. I really, really loved it. Cool. I what agree. Was, that was an excellent, excellent What episode. was yours before we go into least favourites? Uh, episode 7, Say My Name. So mm-hmm. Say my name, say my name. We don't have the rights, I'm sorry. <laughs> the So this episode starts with Walt sort of weaseling his way out once again out of a sticky situation. Mike and Jesse have made this deal with these other drug lords um, to sell the methylamine to them, but Walt doesn't want to sell his share. Um, he's being forced into it. Um, anyway, he gets his way out of that somehow. And then somehow without being shot. Anyway, <laughs> he keeps doing that. But the to me, it was it was a lot of scenes I've been waiting for. So yours ones with this Skylar one. Mm. For me, it was the scene between Jesse and Walt where Jesse's always already said in the previous episode, I think, that he was ready to leave. But this was the scene where he's like, where Walt comes in and he thinks he's going to win Jesse over again. He's done this before. He will. I love that scene that you talk. I I loved it. Yeah. yeah. And that to me was like, this is the scene, right? Yeah. And it gets this point where Jesse's like, but you're not as upset about this kid being killed as I am. And Walt's like, how could you say that to me? I'm the father. Yeah, yeah. I'm a father. You're exactly right. And it's like, Jesse sees through his bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then when he says, listen, I want out mm-hmm. and I want my $5 million. And Walt says, no, I'm going to keep it. Because it's going to be better for you, essentially. It's blood money. Why would you want that? Exactly. Mm. And it's like, it's Walt has really shown himself at that point. And Jesse knows it. And Jesse, like, that you have no leg to stand on here and walks away. He's like, keep the money. I I loved that when, because, like, you know, Walt keeps scrambling to manipulate. Yeah. And then Jesse's like, and he's like, you know, I'm going to keep the money. He's like, well, that's on you. That's that's on on you. you. Exactly. And then he walks away. I was like, Fuck you! Yes, that was yeah. so good. That was so. Good. I was energized after that episode. Fuck, that was a great scene. Good choice. I, I wrote "You lose" capital letters. <laughs> I was like, he because he, he did. He lost in that yeah, moment. Yeah, I yeah. loved that. Um, and oh, the, sorry. Just to harp in on your favorite episode, it's also the scene. Another favorite moment of mine when they go to pick up the methylamine from the car wash. Yeah. And Jesse sees. Um, how Walt treats Skylar. Yeah. And he gives her a look of just like, fuck, I actually see this situation and yeah. I really feel for you. Love that. We also well. didn't talk about the dinner scene with Jesse. Oh my God. <laughs> that was so good. That was so, so good. Aaron Paul is amazing in that scene. I think Anna Gunn is fucking dope in that scene when she's like sculling her wine and she's just like, can I be excused? And then doesn't wait and just stands up and walks off and takes her wine with her. God, it was good. I it was just it. it was the anticipation when when it happened and like Skylar walks in and Jesse's there and he's like about to leave and Walt like what a douchebag but he's like oh stay for dinner it'll be fine we don't yeah. have plans do we and I was like yes yes stay for yeah. dinner this will be amazing <laughs> so that was pretty cool saying yep. that's the sitcom I would watch yeah yep. um and then this go we move forward in the end of this episode is that where. Walt kills Mike and they a they have a confrontation which is fantastic mm. which is just um Mike saying yeah you're this is all your fault you're the one to blame if you hadn't if you could just stay in your place we would all be fine everyone including you would be fine but mm. you couldn't do it and then he kills Mike and then he realizes he didn't need to and just that and like I hate that because Mike I love Mike and I don't want Mike to die but it was a yeah 
It was, I don't know. I just, I, I just ended it saying this is my favorite episode of the season and the next one didn't beat it. So it automatically wins. Even though the next episode is great too. That is such a good choice. You've done really well there. Thank you. Yeah, oh, that was a really good your, your choice was good too, Denise. <laughs> it was a great choice. Well done. We're all Shut with up. this here. Shut up. <laughs> what about your least favorite episode? Um, I think it is going to have to be episode two, Madrigal. Okay. Um, Simply because not a whole lot happens. It doesn't stick out in my mind. We're not really progressing a whole lot. Um, there were scenes in that episode I love, though. Like what? Um, so, uh, we have the great moment in that scene where... At very early I on, love the opening. It's one of my favourite openings. The opening with yeah. in Germany with the guy committing suicide. Oh, I, I just meant the tasting of the sauces. That that yeah yeah. <laughs> I that, that. But that whole sequence, like the the cold open, is great. Yeah. Um, and totally weird, and like we haven't seen that before. Oh, they often. Oh, Mike gets interviewed. That's really funny. Mike by the gets interviewed, yeah. and I love that everyone in that scene is professional. Like everyone in there is the top of their game. Mm-hmm. Hank is awesome, and so is Mike. Yeah. And everyone's great, and it's mm-hmm. pro versus pro. And every time you have that, and you're just like watching two titans fight in a way. That's awesome to watch. Yeah. And then you've got the scene um, with... Okay, so the, one, the, the after the credits come in, you've got the scene where uh, you can hear like they're on the phone that uh, Jesse is panicking about what happened to the rice and cigarette. Mm. And then uh, as that's happening, Walt is making the dummy rice and cigarette yeah. that he's going to have Jesse find inside the... Um, I want to say DJ Roomba inside the Roomba. <laughs> Poor DJ Roomba. Every Boy, time I see good. like a Roomba on TV, I'm like DJ Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, but like that, just the way they played that with the voice recording was really clever. Mm. And then when he finds it, and Aaron Paul fucking acts the shit out of that scene too. It's like a mixture of relief and then guilt. He's relieved that he has found it and that he it won't hurt anybody. But he's guilty because as he said, he was going to kill Walt even though he probably deserved to do it. Yeah. But like, but like, I think Aaron Paul acted the shit out of that scene. Just the, any mention of the rice and cigarette makes me angry. I'm not really interested in it. I'm like, fuck off. Um, We still don't know how Walt poisoned Brock. And that pisses me off. Yeah. It's super fucking annoying. Um, I just want to know, we see in meticulous detail, all of their plans. We, like everything gets made apparent to us why it's brilliant, why it's mm. clever, how it works, why things are and aren't done. They discuss it in detail. And to not know a crucial detail, like how Walt got that poison inside that little boy, fucking pisses me off. Because mm. I don't think the writers know. No, I don't <laughs> think they me. know either. Um, so another bit I was like, meh, in the episode was when Mike goes to kill Lydia. Yep. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Lydia just, it, she just bothers me. I'm not really a fan of hers at all. I kind of wish she didn't exist. So, kind of any scene she's in, I'm like, man, I don't know. It just, yeah, I didn't really fine. care about the episode. It was maybe too early on. But then again, my favorite is episode four. So, I don't know. I don't know. I just, it it's, it's a tough pick, I think, in this season. The last thing, like, because I was going through them, like, sitting next to you, was, you know, we were compiling our notes and stuff. I was like, fuck, I don't know, like, how to choose. Our worst episode because they are really good, and I'm not saying it's a bad episode. I don't think it's a bad episode, but comparative to the others, I'm just like, like I don't have any notes that are like, "Fuck, that was cool," or "Shit, yep. that was awesome." So I'm like, "Well, it's got to be that one, I guess." Yeah. I didn't have any of those moments. I don't know. 
What about you? Mine was episode one uh, entitled uh, Live Free or Die. And honestly, it's just because it's probably... Uh, some of the things in that episode should have been in the last season. Because mm. I'm in the same position as you. I'm having a really hard time picking my least favourite. I think I think Seven is obviously my favourite, but the others all have standout moments. It's a really, 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 really strong season. Um, and I guess that one for me just sort of... Yeah, it... Uh, I don't know. That flash forward should have been at the end of the last season or we should have had some of the the camera thing at the end of last season. And so just... It, I don't know. I'm, it's just hanging on to baggage, I guess. I don't know. I'm having a hard time picking it. I'm just going to go with that one because I've got no better reason. Fair call. Yep. That's it. Something I just think of I did want to bring up. The ending, as cool as it is, where um, Hank finds the book with the inscription from Gail Bedica yeah. is absolutely a retcon though. <laughs> that is not something the writers anticipated mm-hmm. uh, back at the time. I mean, earlier today, you said that and I questioned you. I'm like, no! No, I'm pretty sure that happened. And then, no, I, j- I had just put that in my own brain. It didn't happen. You're right. And it's yeah. not hard. It's, I'm not bothered by it so much because it's not hard to imagine yeah. Gail getting him, the giving him yeah, a book and gifting it's it. It's not a retcon that ruins anything. No, or gets it's in the way of the story. It's, yeah, it's fine. It's perfectly consistent. And it's a great, I think it's a great way for Hank to figure something out. Yeah, totally. Um, It's just kind of like. And once again, that that hubris is there. The fact that he would have that in his bathroom is just absurd, which is great, which is perfectly wild. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just like, like, uh, yeah, almost. Like you're almost that clever. Not quite. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just, I just like being like, you thought you were clever, but I'm smarter because I'm not. Because you're just like, well, why? We get it. Yeah, that's it. Psychopath. That's. That's it. Would we continue watching if we weren't forced to do it for the podcast? Well, I have to because I need to know what happens. Absolutely. No way I couldn't. Okay. I want to make this. Normally, I say predictions here. I want this to be two things. Predictions and what needs to happen for you to be satisfied by this ending? Or what would ideally be the most satisfying ending for you? Oh, it's really hard because there's a difference between what is narratively good and what, because I hate Walt White so much, the, like, torturous end I want him to have. Okay. <laughs> so, can you say yours first? Because I really need to think on it because I'm having some really dark thoughts. Okay. Um, for, for me, I think the thing I really want to be satisfied with the ending is I want Jesse to know three things, or at least a couple of them. Mm. One that Walt is implicitly implicitly responsible for Jane's death. Yes, please. Two, that he poisoned Brock. And yes, please. Three, that he killed Mike. Yes, please. Because at this point, Jesse doesn't know any of those things. Yeah. And I want to know what happens if Jesse finds that out. And I'm really worried because of the way that Jesse gets treated sometimes. Because um, he gets treated as a bit of a dummy. And maybe because he is. Being treated by the writers. Yep. Yeah, right. And maybe it's because he is. But... I'm worried that they're going to leave that piping hot morsel on the table. I'm never going to get to see. And that would disappoint me because I just, it would be so potent. I just want it to happen. Mm. I just need it. I need to see that. Um, that's I want to have. I predict it will happen because I think it's, it should. Um, and I don't know what other predictions I have. I predict who will die. Will there be some deaths? Ooh possibility of a hank death still that hasn't happened yet but it would certainly really i mean that would turn the corner in terms of putting walt on the run by himself 
if he killed a family member. Um, yeah. Yeah, not, not sure beyond that. It's pretty open. It's interesting because by having that flash forward, it actually makes predictions a little bit harder because we actually know a little bit of information. Who do you think he's going to meet? Could he be going to meet Jesse at the end? I mean, there's not that many oh, people alive maybe, who will... Maybe, Yeah, okay. Mm. Oh, okay. Business. Maybe Hank is still alive, but somehow he has information about the things that Walt has done. I don't know how. Has he kept a diary? Who knows? Anyway, he's got <laughs> he's got information about what what Walt has done. That would be a retcon and a half. Yeah. Dear diary, <laughs> signed today. W- I let Jane die. <laughs> I also bought some delicious ice cream. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> somehow Hank has got like information about the terrible things. Maybe maybe it's just the fact that he's poisoned Brock. I don't know. Okay. But I would really like Jesse to know that Jane was. Pretty much killed by Walt. Anyway, Hank tells Jesse what he's done. And so he makes Jesse reach out to Walt, who is now on the run because the cops are on his trail. And Jesse's like, come meet me. Like, you know, I've got a plan or whatever. I've got, just come meet me. So Walt, thinking that Jesse will forever be loyal, goes and meets him and then he's arrested or whatever happens. Maybe that's who he's going to meet. I don't know. I would like for it to be some sort of trap. That'd be dope. Um, I would love for Skylar to be able to say, um, Walt Jr. knows who you are and your daughter will know nothing about you. Have a nice life. Fuck Ooh, off. I love that I one. I would really like that because that's all he cares about is his legacy. So I'd love it if Skylar could just rip it out from him. Does he care about his legacy now though? Are we past that point? As in like he wants his kids to be proud of him. Oh, sure. Okay, yeah, I should say. In, yeah. with he, from his family. Yeah, yeah in yeah, that way. Yeah. So I would love for her to be able to take that away from him. Um, I wish yeah, I had I just, something juicier on the predictions. I don't. Yeah, I just really want justice for Skylar. I really want justice for Jesse. Do you and think that's Jane. likely that we'll get justice? Do you think this ends, this show, Breaking Bad, ends with justice though? Because my biggest fear is that Walt White walks away into the sunset, which worries me because I'm worried that confirms or reaffirms people who... Who idolise someone like that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I really hope not. Yeah. But because of season four... I'm not really sure how to predict what yeah, these writers are going to do. Yeah. I Season really don't four know. Makes me go, I don't know anymore. Whether they'll do something that I find satisfying or whether they'll write something that the sociopath down the road finds satisfying. I'm not sure. I don't think knows. they're necessarily appealing to the sociopath. <laughs> I think they're aware of what they're doing with what white. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. I'm but, not saying but, there's intent to do that. But, but my worry is that in an effort to be divisive yeah. and to be edgy and have a you know, a Breaking yeah. Bad style ending. They're going to side with the bullies of the world unintentionally. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll go back and look back and go, this is how Trump happened. It started <laughs> here, Vince Gilligan. <laughs> Never again. Never again. Yeah. Um, Final score and ranking out of five stars. I'm really interested to hear you on this one. Hmm. I, I mean, I was going to say 4.5 and I think I'm going to stick with that. Really, 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 really liked it. But it's only half a season. So I want some more, please. Oh, no. Really? So you're dissatisfied with the length of the season? No, I'm not dissatisfied with it. 
No, because the arc was wonderful and I love that. But I want more. I just want to keep watching. Isn't that a great thing though? Yeah, it the is. Season end in the, it's not like the end of season one where we're like, I don't care about more because I don't care at this stage. You are like, and that's how season three ended. If Okay, so if like the latter half of this season, so 5.2 is just as good and it has a really good ending, it'll be a five. You'll go back and retroactively make this one a five? No, no, no I'll make 5.2 a five. Ah, I see. So it's, it's really, really good. But I need Walt to fall before I can give it a show of five. Because it's just, it's not satisfying that sense of justice in me that I need from this narrative. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Is that okay with you? I, I mean, know that I, doesn't I mesh with how you rate things. I think you're copping out, but... but By not giving it a five. I think you want to give it a five. I do want to give it a five. But give then... It a five. Oh, give it a five. It's my first five, though. I know. That's why it's a big deal, huh? I gave mine last week. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm really nervous to give it a five. Mm, can you, um, I'll, I'll tell you mine first. Okay. okay nobody can help this. I'm, I'm giving, too anxious to commit to something like this, so can you go first for me? Thank I'm you. Giving, I'm giving it 4.5 because I'm having a hard time separating it from season three, which I loved. I mm. loved season three, and I gave it 4.5. Oh, you've just given me a reason to give it five. Okay. Good. Because season three, which I love, love, loved, but it had that slow burn and that pacing that I have found really hard in Breaking Bad to deal with, where right. things are really slow and then the end is really satisfying. Whereas this show, this sorry, this season was really satisfying for me the whole way through, which has never happened in this series before. So there you go. You've just given me a reason to give it five. Well done. Cool. I weirdly think that I wish there was a couple more episodes. Like I said, I kind of wish that that we had a little more time to explore Walt, you know, with his empire and him becoming dissatisfied with that. Yeah. I wish we got a little more time with Skylar, honestly. I think she... We got no time with Marie, really. Um. Yeah, I, I, it's it's only little things. And for whatever... Maybe, maybe it's nostalgia, like a few weeks later, but... Season three for whatever, as much as I love this ending, it didn't hit me. Like, it made me go, yeah, can't wait for next season. But it didn't hit me like, Ugh. Like, yeah. didn't take my breath away. Yeah. The way that... Take my breath away. We don't have the right, so. <laughs> <laughs> the take my breath away the way that the season three ending did. And that was... Yeah. I think of those last five minutes of season three and just go, oh, that perfect. And they are very, very well executed in this one. Um, but it's more of a promise. Whereas the other one, as much as it was like a, where's it go next? It was also in and of itself... Ooh. Yeah. To use, we're uh, becoming one. <laughs> uh, was really, really like affecting at the time. Yeah. So I'm gonna, uh, but I don't want to do it necessarily below it either. I I think it's excellent too, but I can't put it above it. So it's four point five as well for me. Cool. But I think five is a very, very good thing for it, and I'm very happy. I feel to like give it a five. you made me give it a five because you want to give it a five, but that's fine. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to put it above season three. Okay, right. but in cool. in my ranking, this means that my favorite is still season three. Mm. Followed by season five, mm-hmm. followed, which is a 4.5, 4.5 for both. Season two with four, season four with 3.5, and season one with three. Right. Where are you at? Do you know? So I don't know my you haven't kept I know, I know it's obviously this is numero uno, season three. Yep. Um, and then it must be two, yep. and then Do you one and four. I feel like I hated four more. I think you did. Yeah. I mean, you, would, you didn't love season one, but you would loathe season yeah. four. Yeah. I, yes. Loathe is a good word. Yes. I loathe season four. Yeah. Excellent. 
Mm. Well, on that note, it's time to wrap things up. If you would like to contact us, you can do so on the social medias. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Hunting Seasons. You can contact us on Twitter directly at Hunting Scast or Huntingscast. You can email us, huntingseasonspodcast at gmail.com. Damask. You can find me on Twitter at Maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. And you can find me at B Gordes, B-G-O-R-D-E-S. A few thank yous as well. Quick, uh, thank you to Sean Kirkpatrick who developed our wonderful logo and graphics. You can thank find you, Sean. You can find his work at seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfoliobox.net, and also a thank you to Jordan Calavis who is the creator of our wonderful theme song, which I love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can find him at SoundCloud.com/classicjrex. That's classic J R E X. Next week we will be discussing. Season 3 of Avatar The Last Airbender. I am mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Me looking forward too. to watching that this week as well. I uh, always like watching Avatar. And you, I think, have already stated that you think Season 3 is your favourite. Is that correct? I think you said that in the last podcast. Sure. Let's say I did. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do love Chapter 3. So, I, it makes sense that I would say that, yes. Book 3. And I would... Oh, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but I would anticipate more gushing on Avatar. To be honest, and it's going to be a wank fest. So if you don't like Avatar, probably don't listen. It, but if you don't like Avatar, we don't want you to listen. What are you doing here? More importantly, if you haven't watched Avatar, go watch Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, and after that, we'll finally come back and do the final episode on Breaking Bad. That'll be season five, part two, in which we hope we'll have have hopefully have a special guest in my brother, the man who well, the special guest will be in your brother. <laughs> The special guest will be my brother, Liam. Classic joke. I'm really proud of my joke. Um, yeah, Liam Goddess. Who, what a babe. Who absolutely is the main driving force be- behind me watching this at all, apart from the podcast, obviously, mm. but he's been the, the main Do you together. worry that people won't be able to tell your voices apart? Yes, very much so. I might put us in different channels or something like right. that. I think I might find a way to separate us. Yeah. Just make his voice like comedically high. Could do that. I yeah. could increase the pitch on or something like, like a that. Like a chipmunk. It'll be adorable. That's a fantastic yeah. idea. We'll do that. Anyway, we must head off. We will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.